And in Europe, I'm a massive Liverpool fan. Oh, Catalina, we have made <laughs> we've made it so far, and yet here. At the very end, I can't deal with it anymore. I am a <laughs> so humongous I I Manchester heard... United fan. Yeah, I have. I, I have that. So I, brought to say it. I hate Liverpool with all of my heart. <laughs> Hi, buddy, and welcome to the Human Element Cares podcast on modern marketing. I am super excited to have our first latin america based pod this is like a you're part of the global expansion here i have catalina salazar chief operating officer at iprospect colombia welcome to the pod thank you guys very exciting to be part of this podcast been looking forward to it for a few weeks now this is a, a massive expansion of our global footprint so thank you very much <laughs> first volunteer Catalina, tell me a little bit about your role. I'm always interested in people's journeys and sort of what their pathway has been. So I'd love to sort of hear a bit about your path to this current role. I started my career when I graduated as a software engineer (laughs) (laughs) and decided to try my luck in Australia. So I went to Australia to do some university courses there. And I ended up staying six years, nearly seven in Australia. And I started my first job in media or like in agency world, in a small boutique agency, doing a little bit of programming of e-commerce websites. Then after that, I joined the team at MindShare and I worked with them three years. And then I got a job in OMB, managing the Apple account for another three years. My boss in OMB, she was British. And then she went back to England and she said I should come work with her in iProspect in London. So I applied for the job and I got it and I worked in iProspect London for nearly four years. And my boss, he in iProspect London, he's British, he moved to Colombia, where I'm from originally. And after four years, I decided to come and, and work with him here in Colombia. And now I'm managing iProspect and VCM been two years since I moved back and yeah it's pretty exciting to be able to work in Latin America again. That is quite a global journey and one (laughs) one of the things Catalina when we met earlier that struck me was that you have an amazing sort of combination of accents. There's definitely the Australian part, there's the Colombian part and there may even be a little bit of a you know, London Cockney in there somewhere. It's truly, you have a global accent for sure. Oh, God. I I can't even tell. Like, (laughs) people say all sorts of things. They just look at me sometimes and like, where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) Do do people in Colombia ask you where you're from? It was at the beginning when I first moved back. It was really hard to talk advertising and marketing in Spanish because I'd never done it before. Oh, okay. I found it really hard to like try and translate in my head, like Got words it. like engagement. That doesn't make any sense in Spanish. So, <laughs> Got it. Yeah, it Got was it. hard. <laughs> so let's dive in. What can we learn from how brands and consumers have sort of adapted to this pandemic, both in their behavior and how they're sort of interacting with each other? What are some of your big observations in your market? For me, it's been amazing to see the acceleration of digital transformation that got imposed into companies. It's just incredible to see 
very small companies, medium-sized companies that you never thought they would like really jumping into this bandwagon of digital transformation being forced into it because it's like a survival technique instead of something that they just thought of doing in a couple of years. It's been amazing to see the acceleration of that and how small businesses are adapting and using you know, everyday technology like Messenger and Instagram to survive. And it's been amazing to see how countries that perhaps were a little bit behind in that digital transformation journey are now starting to like really embrace it because of this situation. And for consumers, I think it's amazing how we can adapt so quickly. Like at the beginning, you could see everything like a little bit of out of control, people searching all sorts of crazy things and like trying to adapt, right. trying to get ways to spend time with their children at home or exercising or learning how to do things that they never did before, like cooking. It's really, really nice to see how we're getting back to, you know, basics Yeah. in some respects. And it's interesting to see how technology is helping us do that, like find recipes, how to bake muffins, things like that. <laughs> it's, re- it's really interesting. <laughs> so I should mention for our listeners, those who don't know, the lockdown rules in Colombia are are pretty strict, right? I mean, it is yeah. it has been for the majority of the time, a complete stay-at-home order. I know uh, probably three or four or five weeks ago, they did say, okay, you know, you can go out, but it's very limited. And they they did something interesting where they split the population by gender at first. So women could go out on one day and men could go out on another day, which is the only place in the world I've heard that particular approach. So your particular market has been really under a significant lockdown akin to what they put in place in in Italy and and Spain, right? I mean, it is a very limited situation. That's correct. It's been more than five weeks. I think Colombia was one of the fastest um, countries to respond with like lockdown measurements. So therefore, our rates for like the virus spread have been significantly lower, just to say like that. Others, but it's been like a massive impact into the economy. We've had clients who are completely closed. Yeah. And some other industries that are really like taking advantage of the situation, most, mostly FMCG, yep. food. Those industries haven't been that impacted, but like the rest has been very, very hard because over like nearly two months now since they yeah. had to close everything. And people are in some areas like of the country, like Bogota, our mayor here is quite strong. She's a very, very strong mayor, and she's taking this very seriously. So she's making sure that, like, when we go back to work, it's like in phases. But in some parts of the country, it's a bit tougher to control population. So you can see some cities that are really struggling to keep numbers down. Right. The lockdown is crazy. Like, yeah, we have only even days for women and odd days for men to go shopping. You are forced to wear a mask and you are facing a high fine if you don't wear your mask and if you go out on the days that are not supposed. Only one person per household and only like an hour. My sister and my brother-in-law and my niece and nephew live there right now. So I've gotten a little bit of inside information into the Colombian market. I'm not normally this intelligent uh, on on markets around (laughs) the world. You know, you've obviously had a lot of conversations with clients over the past, you know, five, six, seven weeks. What have those discussions looked like? What are the kind of major things that clients are asking you? 
Yeah, thinking about in phases as well. I think when, when this crazy situation started, I think people didn't really know what to do. So many of those initial conversations were to try and give an insight as to how to handle a pandemic and what to do as a brand, how to join the conversation, how to add value when people are really, really concerned and uncertain about the future. So those conversations at the beginning were a lot like that. And as things kind of started to, to progress and people found new ways of interacting with brands and they found how they could add value, I think those conversations are more about thinking what's going to happen next and what the possibilities look like. And, you know, we're going to probably have to face many other lockdowns and isolation periods because of the way that, you know, the pandemic works. So I think it's a lot of planning about what can happen if we go out or if we stay here, what scenarios could play and how can we react as brands. And another really interesting conversation is the rise of virtual reality, augmented reality and technology and how these technologies can help them kind of replace some of the things that they were thinking of doing with like traditional media. So I call it the new out of home, like how can we leverage technology to try and replace some of those interactions and how they can participate in this new reality with the help of technology. So that's really interesting. Have you had conversations with how to support some of these new business models? You had mentioned a little while ago that obviously, similar to the States and into other markets, clients are having to you know accelerate their digital transformation agendas and some you know, in particular, some categories that may not have been at the forefront of that uh, are having to really move quickly. Can you talk a little bit about those conversations with clients and how you're trying to support that transformational element? Yeah, so here in Colombia, we've got a few clients in the automotive industry. Mm. So for them, it's been really hard because they had to close all the showrooms. They couldn't trade, like you couldn't exchange papers in the car buying process. So for them, um, it's been a conversation around how can they leverage technology to do virtual test drives Mm. or how can they bring that experience of someone taking you through the car experience journey via webcam or like in a virtual showroom or with 3D glasses. So that kind of conversation in those industries have, have been heavily impacted. It's really interesting because it really makes them think how technology can help them and probably become a real source of income, not only during the pandemic, but like after that as well. Some of the other industries, now they really have to use the apps. Here in Colombia, we've got a unicorn app called Rappi. Rappi is a delivery service and they have very rapidly grown throughout the LATAM region. They basically are guys on bikes that buy your food from restaurants and from like supermarkets and bring it to your home. They have massive increase in searches people are really going online to try and find these apps for delivery and and advertising around those apps like how can we be part of that trade moment how can brands be in front of clients when they are like using these apps is another big conversation we've had not only for Colombia clients but for Latam clients where these apps have suddenly become a really important source of income when people are not, you know, wanting to go to supermarkets and things like that. So that's another really, really big conversation we've had in the last month. 
all around the apps and the delivery apps and how can we be part of that and what we can do with them to help run. You know, obviously you're in the performance side of the business with the iProspect brand. You also participate in the the brand side with, with the Visium brand. What have been some of the big changes in that market around digital performance? You know, any sort of two or three things that jump out specifically? Yeah, I'm surprised to see that brands have been a little bit slow in terms of investment. You will say like performance will be the thing that we know will stay on. But I think brands are, are not knowing, like they don't really know what to do in this situation. So we've seen at the beginning a little like slowdown of the investment. And now they're trying to find ways to get back to this performance element using this straight up. So instead of, you know, doing the usual driving to store, they are really now focusing on, on driving traffic to the app. And for our clients who have e-commerce platforms, they're also changing the strategy a little bit more. For example, they are focusing more in products that are really first-hand products, things that you really need instead of, you know, the typical luxury collections and th- or things like that. They're like really going back to basics. Yeah, essentials. And yeah, essentials. Yeah. And really trying to find what are the things that people are searching for. Like, what do people need during this lockdown? And they're really trying to support them with things like that. For example, we have a retailer, which is the biggest toy and games retailer. And they really kind of change their product strategy to help people spend time with kids and helping them get the products that they're really searching for right now. So we've seen a real fast-paced approach a changing product strategy and performance strategies here in Colombia. What has the government intervention economically looked like so far? Have any of those measures impacted how clients are behaving in the market? It was um, really interesting because our government at the beginning really focused more on getting food to a really big population that, I don't know if you know this, but in Colombia, 60 and 70% of the population have informal jobs. which means that if they don't go out every day, they probably won't have enough money to eat that day. They live on a daily basis. So the government help has been mostly around getting food, getting like shopping bags to people, followed by the basic elements. And only in the last few weeks, we've heard that there will be some financial measures to help small companies pay the salaries. We also know that the banks have done quite a big effort to help people with like freezing some of the credit card payments, loan payments, and some of the fiscal matters have been around um, extending deadlines for like taxes for some of these companies. I think there's a few things that the government has done, but like the feeling that I have from seeing the news and from, you know, listening to uh, associations is like, it's not enough. They've not done enough to try and keep the economy afloat. So I think we'll see more of that in the next few weeks because now the strain, you can start to feel it quite heavily. Yeah. Have any of our clients done programs with you around, you know, trying to address some of these food insecurity issues or, you know, some of the people that are really struggling? Some of the brands that we work with have really shifted their behavior and tried to help. We've had some of our brands, for example, creating content on how to do, you know, things at home, how to cook at home. 
but I really haven't seen an investment, like a big investment kind of going into aiding the situation. I think it's more about brands helping people with ideas, but like not so much with like investments. I know some of our clients have shifted their production budgets to try and get elements for this situation, like alcohol sanitizer and ventilators. I know some of our clients are like trying to ship the production line to these kind of things. But in terms of like donations, I'm not fully aware. Although uh, we do have in the group of a campaign that is meant to reactivate the economy called um, Stige Stige, which means keep going, keep going. And that campaign has been successful in terms of like trying to reactivate the economy, teaching people that they need to support, you know, their local businesses so the economy doesn't collapse completely. As we move forward, what changes in consumer behavior do you think are here to stay or are going to be sort of longer term? This situation, no one has ever lived something like this before. And uh, it's really crazy how people are, as I said at the beginning, going back to basics, learning new skills, that desire for learning. I think that will keep, after this pandemic kind of normalizes, people are going to rely a lot more on like resources online. They're going to you know, continue to perhaps cook, learn languages, exercise at home. They are realizing that there are many ways of doing things using the internet and the apps. So I think that behavior will definitely continue. For me, it's also really great to see that working from home, many companies will realize that it's possible that people can actually be reliable when they are uh, working from home and that flexible hours have a lot of benefits for people. Those things will definitely have an impact on the way we work and what we do in the future. Companies will also learn that digital is a great channel for interacting with consumers and and that will also have an impact. It it will keep growing digital for for these companies that perhaps never tried it before or were quite small or shy in using, you know, chatbots and um, e-customer service and, you know, they perhaps didn't even think of having an an e-commerce site. And now they are seeing the importance. So I think we'll see a lot of new e-commerce websites, a lot of more transactions online. People, you know, will rely more on like delivery services, shopping online, that kind of stuff we say. You know, obviously when you're in a, an acute crisis like this, you know, one of the easiest things to do is just say, we'll worry about measuring things tomorrow. But it can also be sort of really insightful on driving a transformation to have some core KPIs that you're paying attention to. How have you been working with clients on that? We have a framework in iProspect that is kind of measuring the real short-term changes, the more mid-term changes and the long-term changes with different kind of measurement tools. So for digital channels, it's quite easy to do the fast-paced, quick, you know, daily um, check-in to see how the metrics are going. Um, many of our clients are learning now web analytics and my advice for them is like, you need to start understanding what these numbers mean for your business and what they're laddering up to. So it's like short-term changes in like um, digital KPIs are something that can really show you how the categories are changing and are very, very insightful. So everything from search volumes, how people are searching right now is something that you need to pay attention daily if you can, because it's a very new world right now and you don't really know how people are interacting with the brand. So search volumes, 
visit to the site are also some things that we can look daily and see how they are changing. Are people changing the habits they used to buy from you on a weekend now they're doing it on Monday or Tuesday? Those kind of things are really going to help you understand how you need to change your digital strategy. Then in the midterm kind of more medium term measurement framework is just really looking at the performance of your investments, not only in digital, but above the line. Like if you change your budgets from out of home to TV, which is obviously growing quite a lot during this pandemic, what are the impacts of those um, spots on your website visits, the brand experiencing an increase in searches? Um, it's just looking at more of the overall 360 picture of those above the line plus digital investments. And in the long term, it's like obviously making sure that you're capturing all the sales data, all the engagement and lead data, and then you can do some econometric modeling at a more longer, you know, three months to six months window. So then you can see how this new world behaves and how the pandemic and the lockdown are causing an effect on, you know, on your business. So we have those three moments, the daily, the more weekly, monthly, and the more three months, six months approach with different tools and technology to help you really understand what this new world means for your business. That's what we've been telling clients. If you were to give advice to global marketers, so, you know, those marketers that sit at the global level within either, you know, an FMCG or, you know, some of these global clients that we have, what, what advice would you give them about how to be thinking about Colombia and, and Latin America more broadly. You're right. As a global marketer, you probably really look at the big numbers or the big economies. And that's not helpful when looking like more <laughs> emerging markets. That's right. Because we obviously don't, don't have the budget or the population to behave in the same way. And my advice is really look and really try to understand what are the local heroes in those economies. Um, you would think like Amazon would be really big here, but it's not. Rappi, which is a local, you know, yep. startup is the leader in that category of like online shopping and, and marketplaces and Mercado Libre as well. So my advice is really pay attention in those smaller and fast growing economies. What are the local heroes and the local startups and the local behaviors that are driving the, the purchases? Because that is where you need to be playing right now. That's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know the phenomenon in that, you know, having been a global client myself many times, it's sometimes difficult to understand how to approach some of the smaller markets in a way that is relevant. So I think that's really good advice. What advice would you give to agencies, even within our own network? What, you know, what could be more useful for you as you look across the portfolio? We really need to be proactive right now, looking at past learnings from, you know, Asian pandemics like SARS, things like that, and really bring quick, useful, nimble advice to our clients. We kind of just wait for them to wake up and, you know, think of strategies. We need to really come up with ways and, you know, be proactive in showing what are the things that they might find useful, because these are the the moments where a client really knows if we're an ally or not, if we're there for them. So my advice is definitely get proactive, looking at ways, look at search volumes, look at local startups, look at you know what's happening in your community and try to bring 
fresh ideas to clients instead of waiting for them to direct their next step. When you look at the big social media platforms, you know, and in particular, obviously, Facebook, Twitter, what can these platforms be doing that would be more helpful both for consumers and for brands in your market? I think for consumers, you know, people are, you know, having all this time at home to really surfacing content that can help people, you know, entertain themselves or like teach their children, like finding finding ways of giving, you know, helpful content to people and surfacing that content in an easier way is really, really great because obviously people are at home. It's hard to be at home, you know, with your partner and your children all day. What can we do to try and soften up that dynamic? I think that's what platforms are, are being most used for now. There's a lot of video content being consumed. So really, you know, curating that content. We have a responsibility, you know, in media that we're influencing people but how we behave and what we do. So I think platforms, you know, having all this content really need to have responsibility and curating and showing things that are bringing hope and, you know, fun and entertainment to people instead of like a way of, you know, negativity. So I think that's one of the big things I think um, these platforms need to be doing, curating the, the content and helping people um, spend their time better and like being more positive. And I think brands have a great opportunity to connect. I think they need to be seeing this as an opportunity to create a lot of brand love and to really be helpful and useful to consumers. People want to be connecting with brands right now. We have a lot of time to you know, be in our phones, in our screens. It's a great opportunity to offer some value, to really create a value exchange with consumers in these platforms and be empathetic and really think about their needs right now and create that kind of content that's going to create a lot of brand love. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. All things being equal, default to humanity and empathy. I think if you do that as a brand right now, you will put yourself in the best position for sure. That extends not just to your own customers, but to your employees. I think these are, it's a pretty right. short scorecard for how people are going to be evaluated right now. And I think it's it's literally how humane and how thoughtful and how empathetic are you being for your employees and your customers. I think that's it. That is correct. That's yeah. like spot on. That's how I feel about brands right now. Yeah. All right. We are going to do one more and then we're going to jump ahead to the lightning round, which is short answers to short questions. So get excited about that. Yay. <laughs> Your enthusiasm makes me happy. So last question, where do you think we'll be in a month? You know, we are, as human beings, we're really adaptable. So I think people, and I've seen that like in search behaviors, you see people at the beginning trying to like buy all these things in the supermarket. You couldn't find toilet paper, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you go crazy yeah. at the beginning and then you start seeing that it's not the end of the world. And we have new routines and it's been like weeks and weeks of doing this new routine. So I think we'll probably be a little bit more calm about the situation. Hope is shining at the very end with like, antibodies being created and vaccines and promises of health. So I think people are, are going to start like going back to work slowly, going back to routines slowly. I don't think we're going to be fully back to normal. That's probably not going to happen this year. But I think we're probably going to be a little bit more calm and more collected about our thoughts, what we do, how we behave, and you know, incorporating these new routines in our life. 
So I don't say it will be much different than it is right now. Probably just doing a little bit more of going out, but, but probably a little bit more calm. How much are Colombians missing football? <laughs> that is, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Although we don't have as great football as Europe. So. <laughs> no, but it's, <laughs> it's, still, it's still really important. <laughs> You know, those are moments where we really come together and live our passion. So that's definitely being greatly missed here in Colombia. We really love it. It's part of our culture. Catalina, do you have a favorite local club? Yes, I'm from Medellin, and Medellin has Nacional. I was going to say, Nacional, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's my theme since I'm like little. Okay, lightning round. Here we go. So you've been trapped in your home for, you know, over five weeks. What has been your favorite app in that time frame? Duolingo. I'm learning French. Oh, I'll be okay. trilingual by the end of this quarantine, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Does it work? Are you learning? Yeah, I am learning. And you think uh, the yeah, app is good? Definitely. But I have the app and I'm taking private classes. Okay. So it, it really helps. Got yeah. it. Okay. Okay. What has been your favorite binge show during this time? Oh my God. I'm so sorry to say this in front of everyone, but Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're in you're in good company. I I, I could not turn it off. I watched no. it early in the quarantine period. And you know, <gasps> look, let me give my usual caveat. There are Lots of it is deeply, deeply disturbing, but it was it was the craziest story, and it was you just couldn't turn it off. Insane. <laughs> Favorite piece of content consumed otherwise? Book, podcast, anything else? Yeah, so I, I wasn't that big into podcasting, and it's been really great, like listening to great advice. So yes, a few ones that I really like. So podcast right now is like my favorite form of content. I'm consuming. And do, and do you have a favorite pod? Uh, there's a few. I think there's one, the Greatness Podcast or something like that. I can't oh. remember very well, but it's really good. Because oh, right. like interviews are really successful people called the Greatness Podcast. When this is at the next stage, hopefully on its way toward some more freedom, what is the one thing yeah. that you are looking forward to the most? Oh my God. So I love running and it's uh, been really hard not, not being able to run, you know, having these restrictions. So I'm really looking forward to travel. And when I'm going traveling, go for a big run somewhere really nice. So have you Definitely. not taken a run in five, six weeks? No, I mostly done up workouts and like at home workouts, but no, I haven't grown. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a runner myself and, um, had I not been able to run through this thing, they would have locked me in the basement. I would have lost my mind. Yeah, it's hard not to be able to go out and run. That's really sad. All right. Well, I hope you get to take a run really soon. I, I know that that is something that's deeply, deeply important to me. Catalina, this was fantastic. You were absolutely great. With the exception of the Liverpool answer, this was, was a perfect <laughs> appearance. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's really lovely. We'd it's love great. to have you back on. Definitely. All right. I'll fantastic. be looking forward to it. Please be safe and we'll see you really, really soon. Thank you very much. And a massive hug to everyone that's listening um, this podcast from Colombia. <laughs> that's perfect. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us on another episode of The Human Element. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your pods. Please do give us a comment, a like. 
please do subscribe. We've seen those numbers moving up and we deeply appreciate that. This one goes out especially for my sister, Jessica, and my brother-in-law, Bill, and Sam, and Mariel, who are in Bogota, Colombia. So thought I'd bring a little bit of their situation from our office there. Please, everybody, stay safe, and we'll be out to you really, really soon. Bye-bye.